to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Fantastic guest tonight who's uh, agreed to spend a little time in the good old Protonic Reversal hot seat. Uh, Returning guest, it's been a while, uh, Mr. Craig Wedren. Welcome, Hi, sir. How you doing, man? Good. How long has it been? A couple years? Year, I, two, I feel like three, it, four. What? It has to have been because I think Josh was still doing the show. Uh, I think I think uh, which he was the the co-host. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's right. So, and I've been doing this on my own again for uh, about 140, 150 episodes. I can't remember exactly. So it's been a while. Let's just say it's been a while. How about that? It's yeah, been a yeah, while. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you've been very busy. You, you've got the you've you've had a lot going on. But let's start with the with the most recent stuff first. Sure. Uh, you got a new single, man. It's awesome. It's a killer single. Yeah, I'm doing a I'm doing a whole uh, singles series for about a year. I, I decided rather than put out a record, which is you know such a sort of Herculean monumental task, when you know mixed, paired, and balanced with life, work, family, um, that given the way everything thing rolls out nowadays why not just focus on one song at a time so i'm going to be doing that for um i got during during covid i got i don't know basically about 15 or 20 songs kind of up to about 80 percent done and so i'm just finishing them and making videos for all of them i figured out how to make videos during covid too so i got a nice little um I got a good little factory of one happening over here. <laughs> it's a dream factory, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was gonna um, say that's some pretty good use of COVID time if you if you if you taught yourself to do all the all the video stuff because it looks pretty great, man. Are you using After I Effects? Mean, when, I, when I say taught myself, I taught myself in the same way that I sort of um, taught myself how to uh, sing, play guitar, write songs, and um, score films, which is to say, I flung myself off of the side of a, a building into the into the fun ravine. <laughs> the, fun, the fun ravine, yes, where yeah. we all hope to dwell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and I, it occurs to me that the, uh, you know, the latest one, uh, Go, Go Insane, it, it's got a very Shudder to Think kind of vibe to it. Like, without, you know, yeah, not it's sounding... Very, it's very Shudder to Think. There, there were a couple of years ago, I got this, um, I got this Marshall plug-in, and... Um, Immediately, like I was working on some, I was working on a TV show when I got it that was like the opposite of Shutter to Think. 
in many ways. And I think it was a, I think it was a sitcom. And so I would just kind of keep my Les Paul in my lap. I was so excited by this plugin because it, when I plugged my Les Paul into it, which you can, you can see behind me, um, I, it would, it would just shudder to think songs and parts and riffs would just kind of come flying out. The vibe. And so, yeah, so I would, so I just sort of kept it in my lap for when I needed a break from, um, you know, uh, cute pizzicato music and then just kind of, or while the computer was doing something, I would just kind of noodle and all of these shutter to thinky parts that I was really excited about came out and I kind of put them in a bucket and shared them or put them in a folder and, and shared them. I, I don't know. I shared them with a band a couple of years ago and everybody was psyched about it. But of course we're all flung to the four ends of the earth right now. And so there's no way to really get together and work on stuff. And they were sort of like, these are awesome. You know, send, send them around once you have them more together. And by the time I had them more together, I was like, well, I mean, but they're songs I'm now. Gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to do this because yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Miss the boat, fellas. Miss the boat. Yeah. <clears throat> but that is, I mean, I think it's an interesting, I, all you guys, it's an interesting case study of keeping something interesting uh, as, as that band was going, but everyone kind of doing their own thing. And I'm being like, mm-hmm. I don't know, for lack of a better term, adult about it. Um, yeah. I, and I, I always think that's always kind of inspiring. I think a lot of listeners to the show would, would probably agree. I, it doesn't seem like there was ever any, you know, major uh, uh, behind the music style drama or anything with that band. That no, I, I would say our behind the music style drama was fairly minor relative to, you know, it, it would not be worth an episode. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was it was real. But but I feel like that had so much more to do with our 20s, you know, and with um, Nathan's and Nathan and I in particular, we had been best friends since since high school, and we were just we were too similar in a lot of ways. Um, it's like when you have two people in a band who are you know when, when the Venn diagram is I don't know how do I do it if there's too much overlap in the Venn diagram of like different characters in the cartoon <laughs> right then you're like why why are there two different characters in this cartoon and so um the writer just you know, merges them into one character yeah exactly and so I think by the end of Shudder to think Nathan needed to do his own thing and yeah. I needed to do my own thing those happened to be the exact same thing no surprise because we'd been doing the exact same thing um at the same time on parallel paths or together or apart since right. we were like 15 or 16 years old. So, I mean, that was really, that was like the, that was the biggest interpersonal drama. But then, you know, the other drama was just like, we were, we were approaching 30. We weren't selling enough records to um, inspire Epic Sony to give us, money to do more of what we wanted to do, right. which would be to make more Shutter to Think records, produce other bands, start scoring movies, and uh, make our experimental side projects. And so, you know, that's like boring drama. That's not the, the kind of drama you want to watch on VH1. That's the kind of <laughs> drama, like you said, that's just like grown up time. Yeah, exactly. And, and nobody, nobody, it doesn't make for a great dramatic story, but it's... no. Uh, 
it, it is real and it doesn't make it any less important just because you know nobody crashed it crashed a car into a swimming pool or anything along those yeah lines. yeah exactly i mean it was definitely deep um it was deeply felt but you know the other thing is i i suspect that any fledgling business or any creative sort of um um co collective you know whether it's a band or a startup company or um you know like a like a a burger truck is going to have like a lot of the same drama if you're starting it with your friends yeah in your teens and it's like and you're fortunate enough that it's successful enough to take you through your 20s right it's it's something where that that relationship is going to grow and change as, as yeah as, and and, and i think those are the those are sort of the atom smashing years right <laughs> Understandable. And and you did a good, actually, you know, I remember now, last time we spoke, you had just done that um, retrospective, the My 90s. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. With the, the photo, because it was Mr. Jared Hand that... Uh, mm -hmm. friend, yeah, that's right. Friend, friend to um, the weird. That was, that was really fun. I loved My 90s. That made me feel happy. It makes me feel happy to, like, get things out of the, um, out of storage and into the world. What What were some of the things that kind of struck you as like oh yeah this wow uh with it like was there any like create epiphanies of just things that had been lost to the annals of time no no because i, I mean i'd been i mean i'd had those photos i'd been looking for something to do with those photos for years um and so it's not like they were sitting it, 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 there were no great discoveries like right, like right. i had them all um you know digitally transferred and they were sort of on my computer and it was like how oh, what do i do and then you know I decided to do the most old-fashioned thing in the world, which is to make, make a, book. a photo book, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of, of which there's, there's a there's a rich and story history of it, and it's actually very fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I had since we talked last, I had Jennifer Finch on, and she's been, uh, you know, really, really amazing eye uh, for photography. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. No, she's she's really great, and um, Lori Barbero's been putting stuff together for a thing that I may or may not. Be oh man, <laughs> I love those gals. I haven't seen them in like twenty five years. God knows. Yeah, and and I well, I dig it because it's and especially as someone that kind of like I kind of came. I'm a little younger, so I kind of came at the tail end of like all of that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's harder for the younger fans really maybe to get as into the moment of it because it wasn't overtly documented in the same way. Like, sure, right. they're your iconic, like, you know, okay, Charles Peterson and, like, whatever. whatever mm -hmm. You know, all, all, yeah. of, all of the uh, photographers that did a great job uh, showcasing these moments and, and these and these snapshots in time. But it's not like how it is now where, like, literally everything is, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you want to vomit. It's just, like, it's too much. It's it's just it's just fodder. So it's it's yeah. all the more interesting, especially with a band that, you know, again, from my perspective, like started to think was a very mysterious band. Like, oh, these guys, yeah. like, what are they up to? Like, oh, my God, yeah. it's like cool and neat and scary. And wow, that's yeah, what, Except what, we were really just like, you know, the dorks. Right, well, um, exactly. But I was coming from the West Coast at the time. So I was, you know, I didn't have any in, in, intel, which is, almost makes it more fun in a way, because you have to kind oh, of fill oh, in the Oh, for sure. Yourself. I mean, you know, look, the bands that we, I mean, all bands are just filled with dorks, really. I yeah. mean, if you're cool, your band probably <laughs> sucks. Um but but I I like a little bit of I like mystery I like to wonder I like to wonder and dream about my my heroes, and I think that's something yeah. that you know yeah it's it's I wonder if that's being taken away a little bit. I don't know you know I was listening to um, there's a great podcast 
that I listen to a lot called, um, uh, oh, come on, what's it called? It's called Interde Interde In Interdependence. Hmm. Um, Holly Herndon, who's a composer and a singer who I really like, and her partner host it. And they talk to a lot of younger um, creatives, largely about like digital stuff, like creativity, philosophy, NFTs, like whatever it is. Um, and I was listening to one this morning uh, from a guy, and, and, their, and their guest was a guy who who used to work at Spotify and is now starting a new music platform that's, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, I don't know. But um, but basically the premise is it's, it's more about art or artists. Mm. I mean, artist, artists, not like the term artist that Spotify and, right. you know, the like artist creator, not that, like actual um, music that has had some sort of like meaning or cultural or critical impact over the years. Um, and so it's a place for geeks, basically. It's like a platform for music geeks. And um, they were talking on this podcast um, quite a lot, actually, about uh, um, scarcity versus... Oh, sure, yeah. You know, o over, over sharing. I guess. Um, and, you know, the sort of irony that you need to kind of like be visible and in the mix and, and, and omnipresent until you don't have to be at all. And then it's better not to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. That um, seems to be the model that's pushed these days. Right. I mean, I think the Spotify CEO bro said, said as much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and they were just talking about, they were talking, uh, they were talking about Frank Ocean and, and Kendrick Lamar and, you know, people who were sort of everywhere until they didn't need to be. And, and now the sort of, you know, they're, they're like, creative gated world um kind of serves them or or you know sort of pl plays into the like ooh, what are they doing or, you know what's he building in there exactly fantastic reference by the way yeah uh well and i think and when, when i think about that the only people that really seem to be lean into it uh you know certainly there's like a saint vincent right like you know where mm -hmm. annie's yeah. at that level uh where there's sort of curated, almost David Bowie like persona that yeah, happens with everything, yeah, yeah. and is it, and it's kept yeah, mysterious. I think I think Annie, I think like Bowie is, you know, consciously or not, like clearly, her sort of, um, you know, the sort of precedent for her. So she's interesting because like she, she's clearly um, um, intentional in terms of presentation, and often present if not like always present or over present but still mysterious which is probably more her her personality like i don't feel i don't feel like we're getting a totally manufactured right thing she, she, you know, she's digging just, into something I, that's that that there's <laughs> i hesitate to use the word but authenticity behind yeah. but she's presenting it in in whatever manner uh she chooses to put forward yeah like, yeah like the like the fantasy projection of ourselves which is like the fun of what we get to do right absolutely you know it's like yeah. I, that's the fun of making videos that i've really been enjoying because i mean really i'm just sitting here all day in my pajamas as we all have been but i get to make these videos and it's like oh i 
still get to kind of fantasy project, which um, is really great thing to still be able to do at age 51, you know, with a family. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of videos, can you speak a little bit about the, um, the, the, the go insane video? Cause it's got, it's got a, it's got a very uh, interesting kind of arc to it. Like it's, it's got a, some interesting visuals. Like it's, it's definitely, did you, did you have any of that in mind? Like when the, you were composing the song or is it something where you're like, Hey, let's just put something cool and see what sticks against the wall. Well, I mean, I sort of, the way videos have been going, I'll get like one image to start with and I'm kind of flying blind, but I'll start by, um, you know, put, again, getting that image up and running and whatever, um, uh, kind of ill-conceived or like wrong-headed form you know like i'll have an image and then the execution of said image usually is completely different and takes it in a totally other direction but then from there it's sort of a breadcrumb trail leading to itself um so i don't know i i haven't watched it in a while but but the lyrics the lyrics to going sane were about for me anyway it was sort of a reminder to myself to um uh, uh, you know very basically just like unplug and fuck it yeah you know like like don't don't believe the hype don't take the bait um you know do not click and (laughs) um, not 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 always but like to just make sure that that is part of the um you know part of like the the meal plan and so um so i don't remember what the first image was but i guess it was it was right after the um it was right after the 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 capital riots and that i was starting and so i just was you know the thing that happened three months ago right yeah (laughs) three months three years three (laughs) three Three lifetimes ago yeah and so so i just kind of started with like the most basic just grabbing grabbing images grabbing images grabbing images and 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 went from there and so but it sort of goes from external surreality to internal more serenity um and chaos color noise to you know let's say like fire to water in the course of the video it's not it's not quite that overt but that was sort of what i was playing with and what i was aiming for do you ever i mean do you ever take inspiration uh video wise from other places because i mean as someone that, that you know, works with film, like, you know, you know, scoring yeah. and whatnot, like it has to, like the inner melding of the two has to kind of just be something yeah, that's it, pretty intertwined. It, it's always there. And and once I started making videos, I realized that um, part of the reason I've always been frustrated um, and mortified making videos is not because I don't like making videos, but because I want to be making videos myself. Like I don't uh, want to um, seed okay. power. <laughs> Um, at least, <laughs> at least at first I didn't. Once I started actually editing videos, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so painstaking and exhausting." But I still love it in a sort of extension of the my '90s. Um, uh, it's like it's like moving it's it's like moving Polaroid photography, right? Um, but it's much trickier that like my photos are so lightning inspired 
And this is like, you know, a whole weather system, like a video. It's not <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 <laughs> And And it's, it's, uh, it's a lot to pay attention to because, you know, with a photo or with a Polaroid, it's, it's just one frame that's being composed. And with a video, it's like I can't go in there and compose every single frame. That would just be annoying and, and, and precious. Um, so... Uh, so I'm still figuring it out, but I'm really enjoying the process in the meanwhile. Like, you know, ultimately, I sort of want it to do the same thing as my photos or my songs or my lyrics or Shutter Thing songs or whatever, which is to kind of uh, capture and release. It's like while you're watching it, you're captured and inspired. But the idea, um, as opposed to, say, the Internet, is not to, like, keep you on the hook but to like um, then inspire you to go out and uh, repollinate, you know? Right, right. Keep it, keep um, it moving. <laughs> go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just going to keep it moving. I would I just like, you know, pay it forward, you know? Like, yeah, uh, exactly. So, so I'm hoping that the videos do that. Um, I certainly have not, I mean, I guess I've been thinking about them in terms of promotion, but not really. For me, it really is just like a more of a visual art exploration. Um, I wish I were, I wish I knew more about how to shoot and edit because I feel like, um, you know, with each video I'm learning little new tricks, right. but, but, but it's still, there are times where I feel like I'm just repeating the same moves. Well, I mean, that's a discipline in and of itself, isn't it? I mean, like editing. I guess so. Yeah. It's, it's, there's yeah, an art yeah, to it. I, I, I guess so. And I, you know, it's like. I guess it's no different than starting anything. It's like you repeat the same three moves and then you discover one new move and then you right. have four moves to repeat. You see and then someone doing after 40 years, you've got like, you know, <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah. You see someone doing something cool. Oh, how did they do that? Let's figure it out. You know, it's like, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the punk rock philosophy, I, I, I yeah. suppose to a certain yeah. degree. Well, but it, it just strikes me is that like, it's, it's kind of continuing a through line of like strong visual aesthetic, for, for a very long time. I mean, I, I go back to, and I, I, apologies, I can't remember if we talked about this before or not, but just how disarming and different the ex-French t-shirt video was. Yeah, like it's a, so funny. It's so eye-catching. You're like, what? Like, like, if you were to watch it on mute, you would think it's a totally different kind of band. Is the yeah, best well, way what do you one? think, I wonder? <laughs> I have no idea. It's such a hodgepodge. Um, I, I saw some of it recently, and, you know, um, I loved that video at the time. I, I mean, I still do love that video, but I mean, it, it, it's it's just steeped in sort of not 90s isms, not like other 90s music yeah, videos, right. but just in that same way where if you listen to Shudder to Think, it sounds, you know, the sounds, which is to say a Marshall and <laughs> a Les Paul, it just, it's those 90s sounds and there were those kind of visual touchstones to then so it's hard for me to separate um the, the 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 era and my experience and our experience of that era from watching that video so i don't have any um objectivity well well i can just say as a as someone growing up in an, in an uncool part of california at the time in the central valley when i saw it it definitely was like a what what whoa what's this that's good that's good <laughs> this is that's awesome what we were, that's what we wanted to do 
And, and the director wanted to do that too. Everybody involved in that video was on the same page. It was right. such a nice experience. And we made like real, real, real friends on that video. My favorite Shutter to Think video is the Nine Fingers video. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have seen that one. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one too. That, that's my favorite one because we just did it with friends in a little theater space that we were doing a play in. My girlfriend at the time was um, direct, had written and was directing a play with which starred most of the state and half of Shudder to Think. And um, so we just used the set on a day off. And I think it was David Wayne and Mike Jan and Tom Lennon kind of co-directed it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that one, probably because they were all of our friends and they, you know, we were basically all completely enmeshed and the state and Shudder to Think were completely enmeshed that it just quite naturally reflected and expressed what the band was, the sort of light and dark. Yeah. The mystery and the dorkiness. Yeah, as totally. As opposed to being like too much one or too much the other. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I think that's that's an astute observation because they're, they're well, and there's a lot of kind of in, like dichotomy between things that were, you know, presented as like a, a, a full force mesh with that mm -hmm. band. Yeah. So it's, that, that may be like, you know, the truest to the spirit of the band in, in that way. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's the, it's the one where it feels least like we're trying to do something. You know? <laughs> sure. Well, and, and, but it is also, well, and that's an audacious record. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing yeah. I distinctly remember from talking to you last is, is the, the, the wild factoid that the record company wanted hit, hit liquor to be first. Of like, yeah. wow, that is like the least commercial song ever. I mean, I love it because it's just like, gonna, like it just hits I you. Like a, I mean, it rocks. It's definitely a statement of intent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, you know, like whatever. I'm trying to think of like lame stuff around that time, but I think I purged it all around my memory. But it's sort of like, yeah, that stuff, this is not. Like we're, we're yeah. here mm -hmm. to do a thing and here it comes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you're into this, the rest will be easy. <laughs> we're we're starting with the big hill. Yeah. Well, and it's it just occurs to me that like I, I played that record uh, for some some folks in the van on tour, uh, you know, a mm -hmm. few years back, and and like two of the people had not heard it before, and they're like, "Wow, what's this? This is great!" Like it's it's aged huh. really well in the way that it's still just like poof, like you know, just uppercut. <laughs> to begin oh, with, mean, here we go. You mean, you mean fairly recently? Yeah, yeah, like a couple, just a couple oh, years cool. back. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the whole record slams. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's like I mean, uh, as far as opening I, songs I, go, it's 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 Hall of Fame for me. That's awesome. Thank you. I mean, I would bet that you know people people probably have an easier time listening to it now because everything's less siloed and, and rigidly categorized. There was a lot of genre cops. Uh, yeah. Around that <laughs> that time, weren't there? It, it, it is yeah. weird to think about now, like with everything being like, like I feel like, I don't know. Do you, would you would you would you agree that like maybe Beck helped like knock down some of those walls? Oh, that's interesting. I had never thought of that, but um, I was thinking about I was thinking about him yesterday or a couple of days ago because in the course of a day, just happening like in the car, Devil's Haircut came on. And then at home on the radio, um, Lost Cause came on. And so I was thinking, you know, about all of his different, um, I, you know, Beck's approach always felt quite sensible and natural to me. You do what you're interested in when you're interested in it. And then you move on to the next thing. 
Right. Um, <laughs> I, this is I'm I, good for this for half a song. Then I'm going to do something else. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but but in ter- that's interesting in terms of knocking it out. I mean, I would say I would I think probably it's more um, the internet than yeah. back, and I would say probably more iTunes or or, or the not iTunes but the actual iPod, yeah. the the shuffle, shuffle. Yeah, factor man. of it. Yeah, I think I think the shuffle. Um, feature is one of the most unsung revolutionary things that has ever happened to music Hmm. because it 100% changed the way everybody listened to music and you had your entire record collection or mp3 collection on there and so almost instantly everybody realized that they were listening to a much broader swath of aesthetic material than than they had given themselves credit for. It's like you're listening to The Clash, you're listening to Johnny yeah. Cash, you're listening to Bach, you're listening to Joni Mitchell, it, just because they're great records that you have, but when you're right. only listening to them one at a time or in a different phase of your listening life, you think, oh, well, I'm into folk or like I'm into <laughs> punk. Sure, sure. When you smush it all together, you're like, oh, look at that. I kind of like everything. Booker T followed by Slayer, followed by The Residents, yeah. followed by Dylan. <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, that is the dream. That yeah. was the dream. <laughs> that was the Shutter to Think Van. Yeah. Well, and that's it, – it's interesting to me that uh, also the, the few times I've run into bands that claim you guys as an influence – they're always very interesting. They don't sound like you guys, which I think would yeah. be very hard to do. But but I'm always like, it's almost like it's a cultural touchstone in a way of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be all right. Let's pay let's pay close attention here. Like the, and it's, that's cool. That that's a that's a that's a high comp- compliment. I mean, it's again, it's that catch and release thing. It's like you want to you want a capture and release. You want to capture and captivate, inspire, shake everything up, right. and then toss it out the window and watch the balloon explode. And then everybody <laughs> makes their own weird shit, which is that's, that's the fun thing. Well, and the, and the, and the weird shit didn't end, you know, with the band, like, uh, would you say that, and I had forgotten, first of all, I, sadly, as, as important as they've been in my life, I'd temporarily forgotten about the state, which was fantastic, but mm-hmm. uh, w- was the association with those folks that that kind of uh, helped pave the way a little bit towards, you know, your, your next phase in life? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those were all of my friends that I uh, went to college with and, and most of them were in film school. And so I was always like just doing like little, little crumbs of music for, um, student films and when the state before the state was the state they were uh called the new group and they did a lot of black box theater stuff and so occasionally i would do music or sound for a skit here and there um and then by the time shutter to think was uh had had it with the kind of machine um and we started wanting to write music for movies um, a lot of those college state people were starting to make their first, starting to write, if not quite yet, make their first movies. But then that naturally led into Wet Hot, Wet Hot American Summer, um, which Teddy Shapiro and I did. Teddy was also composed a lot for the state. And so uh, they just threw us together in a room and 
Higher and higher, man. And, and, and made us write the high watermark of both of our careers. <laughs> the pump up jam, the end all pump up jams, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite the accomplishment and no mean feat. I mean, I used to think about, like, in terms of, yeah, I, I, you know, this would be a, like, a van game uh, before the era of podcasts and whatnot where you're just bored senseless. You would think to yourself, hey, what kind of song do you wish you would have written? And I would mm-hmm. think of things like, uh, uh, you know, moving in stereo in, in, uh, fast, in uh, fast Times yeah. of Ridgemont High. I'm like, oh, God, how great would that be? Oh. But, like, you did it. I mean, higher and higher is like, I mean, you know. It's our, it's our moving in part, stereo. Pa- party's, <laughs> party's over. That's, that's, that's it, man. That's, that's it. But, we, I, we, we, knew, we knew when we wrote it. I remember the day we wrote it and we were just laughing. And Teddy said to me, he said, so what do you, what do you think about the fact that we just wrote the best thing that we're ever going to write? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but it's, but it's, it's a joke, but it doesn't make it any less of a good song. Like it's still like, no, no, that, that was, that was like the beginning of like a whole parallel career for me for a while of writing. Um, is that song? Is that, I know that song. Like I'm that's wait. I love that. Wait, no, have I heard that song? Wait a minute. Is that even a song? Wait, that's a joke, you know, like that you can't tell and that eventually you're just like, um, duped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then it also... But but then you want to go back and listen again. I was going to say, then you want to keep listening to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, I, I think that... The Velvet Goldmine stuff is fantastic as well. I actually I threw on the Maxwell Demon song and I was like, "Fuck, this is a fantastic song. This is like thank you. It's like the always, dare to, how Dare to Be Stupid was like like one of the best Devo songs, but Weird Al uh-huh. wrote it. It's like that's one. Yeah. Of the, I was like, this is one of the best Bowie songs, man. This is. I mean, I I always I I wonder I always wonder whether he ever heard that song, um, because I. Feel like that's a really good Bowie song too. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, you know, it's sort of it's sort of all the young dudes and 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 what there's something Aladdin sane about it. I don't remember quite what it what it is, or no, no, not Aladdin sane. It, it, it's 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 very like Diamond Dogs Diamond and all Dogs, the yeah. young dudes. Yep. And um and I felt good about that one. I'm I'm not nuts about my vocal performance on it. So um, really, what? How? Like, really? what's that? Really? Why? Why? Why for? Yeah. Well, I just remember recording the vocal in the studio and feeling like I needed to. And maybe it was a note from somebody. Oh, I, I think it might have been a note. Yeah. So we'd been asked by Randy Poster, wonderful music supervisor and friend to do these Bowie-esque songs for this movie. At the time, we didn't know whether they were gonna use my voice for that or whether uh, what's his what's the, his the actor that is the, yeah. that does I can't remember for 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 Nathan's song Hot One I think it was always clear that it was going to be Nathan's vocal or, I, I think but for mine it wasn't totally clear and I think I had gotten a note to maybe pull back on the Bowieisms in the vocal performance relative to what I had done in the demo. Oh, interesting. Which I think had been. I think. It, I think. I, and I could be wrong about this, but if memory serves, the demo was a little more full on, like 
closer to a Bowie channeling vocal. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember recording my vocal and feeling uh, uncomfortable because it wasn't quite the way that I naturally wanted to sing it. And so I was never thrilled about the way the vocal came out. And then Jonathan Reese Myers wound up re-singing it for the, um, for the movie anyway. So, I mean, I may as well have done the vocal that I wanted to do. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I, th- I think it's wonderful, personally. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just that thing where, like, you remember the you remember the discomfort of the moment. Well, sure, absolutely, yeah. And, and but it is something where, and that's such a wild movie because I feel like, I feel like that would have been a, a really, really huge hit if it come out like a little later, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's. I feel like there's there's <laughs> there's going to be an incoming um, resurgence or uh, or re re interest. I don't know what the word would, for it would be. Pretty soon, it's like new, as as the, as these these kids today, you know, shaking right. the cane, like a uh, reappraisal. Uh, yeah, a reappraisal, especially you know with like you know gender fluidity being like more yeah. commonplace mm-hmm. now, and um, you know, uh, both advances and uh, disadvances with uh, trans rights and things along those lines. I yeah. think I, I think it's I think it's gonna it's gonna we're gonna be hearing more about it. That would be really sweet. I, I I love that movie. There there's so much um, vision and heart and amazing music. I mean that that soundtrack still really holds up. Yeah, I mean I, I as much as I like the movie, it's like that soundtrack kicks, man. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's, sort of like, it's, it's like really it's like it was it was um and I gotta hand it to Randy Poster, who in my opinion is a genius. He I remember <laughs> when he approached us about that, and we were like. A, of course, and <laughs> yeah. B, why would you ever attempt to do that? Why would you ever attempt to re-record Roxy Music songs, yeah. whether or not Radiohead is doing them, or a T-Rex song, and then everybody knocked it out of the park? Yeah, It was just such a special, special thing. A similar thing happened when, I, when he, uh, Randy, got in touch with me to do the School of Rock, and... He sent me he he sent me a script for it, which was Mike White's script, and it was great. I loved it, um, but it also felt it also felt to me like maybe it wasn't quite finished. You know, it seemed it seemed very open. Okay, you know, like like it was going to be so much up to the Jack um, Black does something chemi- funny there. <laughs> up to up to up to Jack and like the the chemistry of yeah. like the the whole crew. And um, and I remember I I meant I said as much to Randy, and he was like, "Dude, shut up! This is going to be the this is going a this is going to be amazing, and b it's going to be the funnest, easiest job you ever will have, and you're going to thank me forever." And I was like, "Okay," and he was completely correct. <laughs> that movie kills movie. too. That was on cable but, like uh, I don't know one of these months during quarantine. I was like. Hell yeah, I'll watch School of Rock. I know. You can't not watch it. You can't watch five minutes of it without watching the entire thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's totally one of those kinds of movies. And it's something that it hits a um, kind, of, kind of an important current in, in American culture that is that is both referential but sort of like kind of sweet in, in the yeah, same oh, way. Yeah, it's so sweet. And like it, it, it's, it's something where – I would be hard pressed to be like, who hates this movie? What monster would ever hate this movie? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. nobody. <laughs> you can't not love that movie. It's like, for me, it's like Grease. 
like when Grease comes on, I'm like, this is makes me feel so good yeah. the whole time. And I have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, strap strap in, let's go. Yep, yep, totally. <laughs> Uh, I wanted I wanted to speak a little more something more recently, uh, the Cat Stevens, to mm-hmm. New Amsterdam. I mean that yeah. that's a how did that come to pass? You know, obviously he's so, an amazing songwriter, but it's there's there's some kind of people are really into Cat Stevens, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I and my my team, uh, um, we composed the music for New Amsterdam. Uh, which is a wonderful show on NBC. It's a medical drama, um, again, with like just a huge heart, kind of everything we're talking about. Yeah, it's like great, great, big, good intentions. And um, and they they usually they usually license us. They always license at least one pre-existing song per episode. Um, in that way, the TV shows do. And in this one, I think there were a couple songs that they had tempt in. And, and by temp, I mean, it's like a song that's put in as a temporary hold that either gets licensed or gets replaced by um, me and Jefferson and Alex, my team. And so in this case, there was a scene where they used almost all of the original Cat Stevens version of that song. And everybody loved it, um, particularly the showrunners. Uh, one, one, of, one of them's a very big Cat Stevens fan. And so, but there was something that wasn't 100% working about the arrangement within the scene. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It, like the strings were stepping on the dialogue or if it got a little too florid at a certain point, you know, cause it's like tea for the tiller man. Yeah, it's very, it's, there's some brokenness. It, get, yeah. <laughs> it gets floored. Um, and so as simple and understated as a lot of it is, there's like a lot of detail going on under the hood and that can compete with uh, dialogue often. So we were in what's called a spotting session, which is when you sit with the director and the producers and the music supervisor and you go scene by scene and you talk about what the music should be in this scene, um, whether the temp music is working, isn't working, and what we can do to change it. So we were going through it and um, the showrunners, showrunner was like, uh, why don't you try doing a cover of this song for it? Mm. Because we really love it. And um, he didn't have to ask me twice because while I have a, I would say a complex relationship with Cat Stevens, like, like I have a mixed, I have extreme mixed emotions about some Cat Stevens stuff. Um, just be, in in part, just because there's that tendency in early '70s, particularly male, particularly singer songwriter, sensitive artist stuff, that's like nauseatingly, um, uh, uh, what's the word, um, condescending. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, James Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I and truly, like, I I love Cat Stevens. I love James Taylor. 
but it's like, so on the nose, yeah. <laughs> where you're like, stop talking down to me like I'm a, like like I'm like your baby girl, you know? Yeah. And especially stop talking down to young girls like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's gross, and I'm sure that that he would agree at this point. It's just like a young man's. It was like a it was like a moment in time, and um, that said, there's some beautiful, beautiful poetry and language in it. Oh hell yeah, yeah. I had never really heard this song before, or I'm sure I have because I've heard the album, but I never clocked it, right? Um, also, as like a dutiful punk rocker in the 80s and 90s, I was like, fuck that. Even fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really excited to dig into it and do it, and it turned out that I love that song, and I was wrong about Cat Stevens, and I was so happy to kind of um, investigate take apart the watch and kind of rebuild it. Um, I mean, it's a pretty faithful cover, but it definitely also feels like me and, you know, my friends who played on it. So I I was happy with it. And of course, you know, song replacement, song replacement, but you know, when you're doing original composition and things along those lines, how much of it is informed by what's on the screen? Meaning like, you know, like a Reno 911 versus like a Roger Dodger or something, right? Like they're not they're not looking for the same thing. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting with Reno, we're actually we actually just did like a ton of new Reno stuff because there are a couple new or there's a new season, a couple new seasons coming out soon. Um with Reno, I make everything beforehand. They're just like give us 80 pieces of Reno music between 2 and eight seconds long i'm like okay um, nice. <laughs> as opposed to something like roger dodger where it's like you go real deep into a scene yeah. and you really shape it around the not the the internal character stuff that's happening but also the external action stuff that may be happening and that's like a whole other game um the reno thing is super fun i don't really do i think Reno's the only example of that it's kind of it's kind of a rarefied era of shows. Uh, if you yeah. stop and think about it, as at least ones that use heavy utilization of music. I mean, sure, there's yeah, you know, there's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia or something, but that's not they don't do the same kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, a lot of shows, a lot of shows will use pre-existing libraries. Like I think um, a majority of reality shows, they probably just have a library, you know, like a drive filled with cues. Yeah. And some of them have smiley faces and some of them have frowny faces (laughs) and some of them have like fast written next to them and some have slow and they just grab them and like cut them together and they edit to those library cues. Um, So it's always fun to make a pre a prescribed library, you know, for Reno. Right. Yeah. Because you because you I mean, you have an idea of what the thing's going to be and you can kind of. Like we know the world, like Reno's <laughs> right, Reno. It's pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty well it so, articulated. It is yeah. so reliably Reno. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. the best. <laughs> Love it, hate it, or see, indifferent. It's definitely yeah, articulated. Yeah. You know what you're getting, and you'll watch the new season, and you're like, it's it's just it's just more awesome Reno. Right, right. Which good on them. You know, they they yep. made a killer thing, and they they have leaned into it as much as one can lean into a thing, and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love it. It, it. It's like to me, it's like you know, a punk rock band that 
start selling more records, but they don't like change what they're doing necessarily. They just yeah. like reach a wider audience. It's the same thing. Well, but the the difference being that I feel like with most bands that sort of hit a formula or 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 hit upon a hit formula, and then wind up trapped in having to repeat it. Right. I never get the sense with Reno. No, no, they seem like they're a goddamn blast with. They, it seems like they're just having a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's totally Happy infectious. <laughs> It doesn't feel like they're like, oh, we got to put on these short shorts again. This is like, I get to put on the short shorts again. <laughs> Who would have imagined? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> this is a great day. <laughs> yeah. You know what uh, it means? Digging ditches. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, I, and, well, and it's something where, like, there's artistry to it, but it gets to kind of serve... God, for lack of a better term, like a more proletariat comedy function as well. And there's something to be said for that, I think. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, 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 Explain that, please. Well, I think that, like, there's a tendency amongst certain segments of music and certain segments of, uh, you know, film uh, or comedy or something to immediately want to go the high mind. High minded is important. High minded wins awards. Yeah, for sure. I I, I am guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it it, it kind kind of runs the line of being like, this is this is stupid as hell, but it's brilliant yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think I feel like a lot. I'm, I'm thinking back through the output of former state members, mm-hmm. and I mean certainly. Look at Ken. Party down. Party down was like. Yeah. That's that's like that, a slint record or something, you know. Yeah, but that's like that's that's like a smart. That's that's smart not like we know. Reno is actually for the audience that watches the shows that it's lampooning. Yes. Which is amazing. Yeah, that, that, that's and it, a and needle. And it succeeds. <laughs> I feel like Reno 911 could um, heal the wounds of this nation, could, could, um, <laughs> could sew us back together. The great unifier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, you know... So it occurs to me, and it, if people are wondering, other than because it rules, why we're dwelling on Reno 911 so much, is because I kind of feel like Shudder like walked that line with, you know, you guys played with Fugazi, you played with Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. you 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 kind yeah. of were, were that like, you could you could play in both playgrounds. <laughs> you could I, guess so. I, mean, I mean, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam happened to get huge. Yeah, but I think, ironically. Pearl Jam at this point is more like Fugazi than you know like lots yeah. of other than most other all massive alternative bands. That's true. They walk you the know? walk. Good for them too. Yeah, I mean they sort of turned out like you know for music aside, right? Um, as an entity, they're like a combination of Fugazi and the Grateful Dead. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see it. I just mean. I just mean in terms of the way they kind of um, do business, the the way that they they uh, present in the world. I'm not talking about like the style of music. No. No. But all the people that they're associated with, the fact that you know that, that it's it's a family, like really mm-hmm. more than anything else. Which a lot of times when you get to like you know bigger acts like that, maybe that is less common uh, you know some, sometimes but <laughs> i mean for sure i, I, I <laughs> trying to be I diplomatic here feel, uh, at least in terms of, i'm trying to think of people i know who are wildly successful yeah. um there's definitely a 
family vibe in a, in a few of those cases. Um, I haven't been in touch with the Pearl Jam guys for years, but I, I have to say, like, I'm very uh, impressed by how they've handled themselves. I think that stuff matters, too, and I think that's something that... I mean, you remember back... Back in the nineties, oh, so and so sold out. They sold yeah. out. They, you know, they, yeah. their songs in an ad where it's like, now even the idea of it, you have to explain it. Okay, let me get out this chart and diagram, and I'm gonna yeah. explain why yeah. this is a big deal. And everyone's like, what? Uh-huh. What? We don't. What? We don't get it. Yeah, it's so interesting talking to my son, who's 12 years old, about that. Right. You know, um, or the other day we were having the Green Day talk. son it's time we talked about green day (laughs) it's time to talk about green day you don't need to know about the birds and the bees you need to know about the descendants (laughs) and green day we're gonna talk about bill stevenson tonight not not yes exactly (laughs) because he was just like you know when we have dinner we usually put on a single artist and listen to it and the other night i was like what do you want to listen to and he said oh this isn't a green day and we're like okay and so we put it on. I'm like, we can listen to Green Day, but I need to um, bore you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to come with a prefacing lecture. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Here's what you need to know about this before you right. listen. Son, before you go out to this party, this <laughs> is a condom. Yeah. Exactly. You got to, got to, got to, got to make sure the, the kid comes prepared. You know, yeah. Make your own decisions, but but come in prepared. This is a banana. <laughs> this is Green Day. Really, something we haven't talked about uh, that I think is very fascinating is the Sabbath sessions. And I wonder if you could maybe uh, speak a little to that. What, what inspired you to do that and, and how that developed? So Sabbath sessions are um, live, improvised, vocal looping, kind of ambient choral meditation music that I like yeah. to make. Um, really it's just kind of the latest iteration of something that I've been tinkering with since I was a teenager when I used to plug a microphone into a a two second sampling delay pedal and twiddle around with it. Um, and then in college I would do a lot of kind of ambient, uh, uh, I was in a I was in a performance art program, so my friend Rick Nance and I we would do a lot of like ambient sound theater, just sort of sound installation type stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I made a record in like 1995 called The Spanish Amnesian, which was like a lot of sampled experimental and ambient stuff. Some some of it more on the noise end of the spectrum, and so. I always really, really enjoyed vocal layering, harmony, free improvisation, um, and 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 choral music, and and so, but but technology was there wasn't a, an easy way to do that, and I don't know maybe ten or fifteen years ago, Dave Siddick from TV on the radio had this. Um, had had this great looping pedal uh which i think you could loop for three or five minutes or something and he he gave it to me he just gave me he had multiple um 
copies of it or whatever you call it. He had multiple pedals. And so he um, he loaned me one indefinitely, and I just started getting way, way into playing with it. Um, but I would pick it up, put it down. It They broke a lot, so I didn't quite take it out of the garage yet. But I realized that like very slowly and very gra- and and also it was just my my improvised harmonic composition. Yeah, it it took a long time to kind of figure it out. Um, and so I would have so I would do a thing where I had like two looping pedals or like three looping pedals and two microphones and three. It was all very clunky and extremely exhilarating and fun. Um, at the same time, I I was getting into like a fairly regular daily meditation practice. I mean, just proper meditation, sitting for twenty minutes, and um, and then gradually the two began to merge. And I don't know when that started, but over the last maybe five to seven years, increasingly. I would find myself doing these vocal looping performances with friends of mine who were yoga teachers or meditation teachers or just like parents like on the school camping trip who just needed to lie down and chill out for an hour. <laughs> Have a moment. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, and I I always loved it, even when it was horrible and noisy and like terrifying. Um, but what I started realizing and uh, is that it was really having a positive effect on um, people in the live space, especially if they were meditating or drawing or painting or writing or like doing some personal, you know, work at the same time. Um, so it became this like very non-performative uh musical performance i guess and and then when COVID hit well i started a podcast around it um because i i haven't i haven't really been able to figure out how to put it out into the world it live it makes perfect sense but um it's not it doesn't really fit on an album i don't quite know you know some of them are super long some of them are two minutes long some of them are two hours long um and so uh you know so i've just sort of continue to do them and hopefully continue to get better at and refine them. And and then during COVID, I just started doing them live every day for a while, finally put out a record of them. And I'm I'm now doing just bits and pieces now that I'm kind of back to work like I do it when I can. Yeah, because I mean, it it occurs to me that I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. That's great. Yeah, in a good way. And it seems like it really hit I mean, for lack of a better term, critical mass, like during COVID times and and, and time when people kind of needed you know, everything else going on to, to to get centered or to have like something to yeah. focus on. And just the necessity of the uh, of the culture and meeting the moment and being the perfect sort of thing of like, oh, yeah, the looping technology has allowed this to happen as well. You yeah. know? And you yeah, being the right. right guy to do it. Like, looping, te- looping technology and streaming technology. I mean, we wouldn't have sure. been able to... Good, like great. live stream something like that with decent with halfway decent audio, you know, even a couple of years ago. Well, and and clearly I'm a podcast fan, but I mean, it, to a certain degree, it's a niche audience, and the the fact that it can just be like a thing that shows up in the internet, and like you're either like, oh, cool, I want to see that, or like, oh no, I'm yeah. not in the mood for that, or I can't do that right now. Yeah, like it's 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 
it's there as a communal experience at a time when there is no uh, tactile physical community. That's that's really great. That that's um, uh, that's really. Uh, I appreciate the uh, reflection back because it, it was a very strange feeling doing them because it was solitary, but not solitary. Right, because you're, um, you're kind of doing into the void to a certain degree, right? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you're sort of doing it into the void. And I could kind of see who was on. It was very nerve-wracking. And sometimes I would feel great about it, and sometimes I would just be embarrassed. Yeah. But, like, that's part of the deal that I made with myself. That's what that form is. It's improvised. It can go off the rails. And that's okay. Purely ephemeral, like it's it's meant to yeah. be in the like it's 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 not only meant to be in the moment. It's meant to be more in the moment than things are normally in the moment for. Yeah. Like it's a yeah, meditative right. exercise. It's like it's like in the moment from moment to moment. Right. You exactly. Know? It's like, yeah. Okay, that last moment was really wild, and now it's like peaceful again. You know that I really like that, and and for me, um, just the meditation practice of observing, kind of watching the weather whether it's inclement or sunny skies to learn how to, and as a perfectionist too, or former perfectionist to learn how to do that while making instant music is a really uh, challenging exercise and, and like exhilarating exercise for me. Well, it, it seems like it's, it's almost a public service. As well. And I think about, you know, I'm certainly interested in many forms of meditation, even though I'm crap at almost all of them. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I find disdainful of a lot of, uh, you know, the TM advocates is that it requires like there's a barrier of entry. Oh, you got to you got to pay a fee to get your mantra. It's It's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, a lot of money. And I get that like, oh, but you're buying yourself, you know, mental well-being for yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But like, well, and, and and the truth is, like with the David Lynch Foundation, and I adore um, David Lynch. To be fucking so, clear. so much of their money goes to getting meditation into schools where kids are in like very real trouble, um, you know, or it's in a lot of like, work. It's fantastic camps work. in South Sudan or whatever. So, yeah. so I mean, fair enough. So if I know where that money's going, and but but still, most people can't afford it. But then, yeah, then I think about things from the perspective of someone that maybe needs something like that. And they're not yeah. going to be in a position to even have someone know that they would need like a grant to do that or like, hey, this person's being this program. And here's just a thing that shows up on whether we like it or not. The people's platform. Of, it's just, yeah. it's here. If you want it, it's yeah. here. Like that's yeah. that <laughs> for, for something that has commodified almost everything like that's laudable and that's something that's that's you know i'm, I'm, I'm surprised that no, nobody's put a stop to it yet or, or found ways to like monetize it or whatever but <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a question there i just i just wanted to throw that out there i, th- I think thank you uh, thank it's, you very it's much really freaking cool man and like thank you i think you're uniquely good at it and it's also just i mean not to put too fine a point on it but there's some artistry behind it and like it, it's clear that there's some some thoughtfulness behind how it's put together. I mean, is there like, like, do you have an idea of where you're going to go with some of it? Or is it just kind of never, never. I mean, uh, I have like habits. And so I wind up repeating them. (laughs) But I, (laughs) but I, but I have no, no, I very quite deliberately go in with no idea. 
And then I let it rip and I try and listen yeah. and respond. I don't know. It, this, I can't think of anything like it. And I think it's a, it's actually a good, good use of the internet. Thank you. Of which there's very few times that I feel that I can say that in this life. Thank you days. very much. Thank you. <laughs> I want to be mind. Speaking of being mindful, I want to be mindful of your time. I know you don't. Know yeah, I have to it. go, unfortunately. Uh, and, so and, nice and, and that's you. fine. We, we won't make it like three years, or whatever the hell it's been since the last time uh, for the next yeah. one. Um, Craig, this has been awesome. Uh, I, the last thing, it's the only can question I ever ask. I don't think I was asking this when you were on last time. Apologies if I did, but sometimes the answers change, and that's kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Why do you do what you do? Um, because of how it makes me feel. You know, the minute I realized that the thing that was making me feel this way was something that I could do, which was when I was about nine, and I made the connection that these Jewish superhero monsters um, that went by the name of Kiss were actually just a whole lot of dorks. I was like, oh my God, I can, I'm going to do this. Because of the way it made me feel. I mean, nothing made me as, nothing turned me on as much as music growing up. And so I thought that would be really, really cool to A, be turned on like that regularly. And then hopefully, like you said, pass it on. Well, I think you absolutely have, and, and I thank you for it. Thank you. And uh, you know, I, I feel like you know, I've, I've got I've got my second shot. A lot of the people have been vaccinated and stuff. I feel like there's hope on the horizon. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad uh, we got the chance to talk again. Yeah, me too, man. Um, hopefully soon. Be well. And you as well. Yeah. Enjoy the world once you get out there. Great. Thank you so much, man. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks. There he goes. Craig Gwedren. What a cool guy. What a cool, cool guy. Let's listen to that latest single of his. This is going sane. Watch this short video. Uh, ProtonicReversal.com, by the way, for all the archives, all, the, all that good stuff. Uh, I, I realize I don't do this uh, back announce nearly so much. I'm going to start doing it. The show is always free. Uh, no ads, no sponsors, no kidding. It's all on the social media. We also have a new Instagram account, protonic.reversal. So if you're on Instagram, follow that rather than just following me. And, uh, yeah, it would be good to um, – it'd, it'd be good if you could do that. <laughs> Craig Wedron's over the internet as well. So uh, yeah, go find him, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, we're going to play, uh, let's, let's play Go Insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
A finger fan courtship. The case of her bones are softer than loose meat. A day on the belt, so surely I'll get thin. Really rock all day. Courtship. The case of her bones are softer than loose meat. A day on the belt, so surely I'll get thin. Wanna watch?
What a song! What a cool band! What a cool guy! What 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 a what a, what a confluence of, of of coolness that was, Greg Wedren. Fucking love that guy, man. Why don't I have him on like seventeen times, like some of the people on this show? Why don't you, Conan? I don't know. Is that me running this ship? <laughs> Christ! We talked for like over an hour. I feel like we like barely got started, but you know, hey. That's the way it goes sometimes in the Protonic Reversal game. Just kidding, this is no game. (laughs) Sure, okay, so (laughs) this show is Code of Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. As always, this has been episode uh, 246. Craig was last on episode 129. It was January of 2019. You are welcome for that banal minutia. Name of the show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. show airs Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific.
on RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. Podcast later everywhere. 50,000 watts of power. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Always free. But, 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 if you would like to support the show, $1 a month, patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. We'll get you early access. Early access, baby. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. Out on Route 128, you're dark and lonely. And take it easy. Got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now?
Is it really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive? Hey, hey! 